This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined today from central Dunedin by Rachel Elder. Welcome, Rachel. Oh, it's good to be here, Sam. How has your bubble life been? Well, I was thinking, because I was asked to do this program, it actually helped me kind of reflect, and I was... I'm kind of reflecting on on the initial process, actually, because um, in a way, we only had, was it two days to get organised, Samuel? Yeah. Year? Yeah, it was two days, and it was like, I think we were all in a bit of a state of shock, really, um, a bit dazed and going, where to from here? Um, there were queues at the supermarket. Uh, People had to be two metres apart. It was really sudden and it was quite shocking. And all of a sudden, life as we knew it wasn't the same. So, and I know um, brains, even when they get positive shocks, um, don't cope. (laughs) (laughs) So it was kind of a mixture. And um, all of a sudden, there wasn't the structure, there wasn't the work. And actually... For me, a lot of meetings were cancelled. And in a funny kind of way, I felt quite guilty, quite <laughs> guilty for not working. I thought, oh, I'm letting people down. I'm one of these people who feel guilty too easily, I'm afraid. <laughs> so I kind of felt like I was letting people down, not going to work and, and things like that. Um, and I suppose um, I felt disorientated. So I suppose what we all kind of tried to do was create a new normal. And um, that was interesting because um, to cope with life, um, creating a new normal was rather important. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, my brain would be still going quite dizzy. Um, so I'm really lucky. I've got a half an acre and a big garden. Um and I just looked at my email, uh, my Facebook, because we did Facebook day one to day six and then got sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> and sort of like day one, I'd gone into the garden and um, done a heap of work, you know, and um, but also set up Zoom uh, and set up Messenger with family and friends. So I, I kind of created a new normal of every day because we couldn't see our children and our grandchildren, of which um, we share one. Um, And it 
we quickly set up Messenger because we were missing each other. And so, and actually that still exists to, to now. And it's really, it's been really great. We've just got this private family messenger group and we talk all day to each other. And because Justin's in London, some of the night. Yes. <laughs> and it's been fantastic. So that, that's been a, a great thing. That's an outcome that is incidental, but a good one. Um, the other thing was um, just saying hello to the neighbours a lot, you know, just waving over the fence and chatting over the fence, keeping our two metres away. Um, but checking in on neighbours, that was that was really good. Um, and also doing local, walk, local walks. So um, we live near the town belt, um, again, which is quite lucky. So walking in the town belt, um, getting into nature, getting out of the house, because you can get cabin fever. Um, Russell was working all that time because he's an essential worker. He's a nurse. So he got out the house, but I didn't quite the same. But, you know, just going for walks um, and being in the garden. I note that I took lots of photos of flowers in the garden, for example. So looking to nature, looking for beauty um, and things like that um, was quite important, I think. So, yeah, we created kind of new normal for ourselves, which, you know, a lot of it's still lasting now. Talking about the family, you've got three grandchildren all of a sudden, one of which we share. Yes. So was it, what was it like sort of connecting with them via Facebook? Uh, Well, because, um, because we had no contact with them physically, I, I missed them a lot because when they're little, I mean, we, our grandchild in Christchurch, for example, from two months till five months, we didn't see, you know, and they grow so fast at that time. So it was quite strange, really. It was quite, you know, it was a wee bit sad, but that that's what I say. The messenger group helped that because we could do little videos and you could see them growing up. So thank goodness for um, social media. And for Messenger, um, because we actually interacted every day, pretty much, and there were little videos of little babies doing all sorts of things, and everybody saying how wonderful they were, um, and things like that. So, like you but s- it was quite hard not having that um, physical contact or face-to-face contact and interaction. Like you say, it seems like those sorts of family connections, particularly with social media will seem to be staying around people are, are maintaining those the the dinner clock and the, the 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 friday night sessions with family and 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 so on it makes you wonder why we weren't doing that before yes yes i think that um human need for connection i mean i suppose it was heightened because we were isolated um and we set up systems for ourselves that overcame that and then we realized that these systems were quite good for creating stronger stronger attachments really and stronger um connections yeah so no it's it's good like we just interact every day even if we might see each other sometimes we still interact every day we we catch up on what lucy's doing and you know her um photos when she um 
graduated from preschool and you know everybody's interacting on that and then someone's crawling and you know all those kind of someone's giggling really a lot and it looks quite funny so yeah no the, i think that will continue forever so let's take wonderful, way. let's take the first of your music choices let's have i am woman helen ready so why oh, this one song I am woman, hear me roar In numbers too big to ignore And I know too much to go back and pretend Cause I've heard it all before And I've been down there on the floor No one's ever gonna keep me down again Well, yes, I am wise But it's wisdom It only serves to make me more determined to achieve my final goal And I come back even stronger, not a novice any longer Amongst other things, you are a Dunedin City Councillor. Yes. How did that go during the lockdown? You had online meetings? Yes, we had Zoom meetings. Um, And so we actually had the annual plan 
submissions during that time. And one of the um, things I really um, stu stood up for the community for at that time was that they put the annual plan out with ideas on it. And I said, well, that was before COVID-19. Things have, the whole world has changed since we put that annual plan out. We have to give people more time to respond because it was due sort of first week um, or second week of COVID-19 lockdown. So we got, we got that extended because in fact, um, the priorities you had before COVID-19 and the priorities we have now are quite different. Um, so we did um, annual plan through Zoom meetings and um, it worked really well, except one of the things you miss with Zoom meetings, and I learned this quite quickly, is you miss nuances sometimes, just body language or, yeah, you just, you do miss some of that. Um, and the other thing is we were doing meetings from nine in the morning to five at night we had no breaks for morning and afternoon tea. Someone must have had a good bladder. <laughs> and we had a break for lunch. And honestly, at the end of that, because it because you're having to concentrate so hard, we were just exhausted. Because <laughs> it's quite intense, kind of, because you've got to go put your hand up, put your hand up. You, you know, you've got to really work hard to interact with a lot of people, um, but we did it. It was amazing. I, you know, um, certainly that's another thing that will change forever. People, will, work will change forever. Um, and, you know, people were struggling to let people work from home um, and be flexible, you know, during the working week. That won't be a problem anymore in a lot of workplaces because of COVID-19 and Zoom. One of your roles is about helping people with disabilities into employment. Do you think it's going yes. to be good for for that? You know, lots of the, the the barriers all of a sudden have gone away. I mean, you, people can work at home or to, to to suit whatever the needs are. I think for for some it'll be great, but for others, um, a lot of work um, that is semi skilled or um, semi skilled you know, um, like cleaning motels or or that kind of thing, um, a lot of work has, has gone or has um, decreased. And I suppose it affects um, people with disabilities or Māori Pacifica or, yeah, just people. Um, it, it's an unequal distribution of loss of work. And, and actually... Statistics show 80% are women so far, and that, you know, a big concern of mine really, I suppose, is, is how do we get back up and running and, and be inclusive in our employment opportunities. But I do, I, I agree with you there that working from home for some people um, who have got disabilities or, or illnesses that mean they can't get out the same, it will actually increase the opportunities which is a, a good point Sam. One of the things that somebody said I think it was the Secretary of Education said early on that the the pandemic doesn't create inequities it just reveals them and, and it sounds like that's what you're describing there. Yes yes I think so um, I think um, those who haven't done well in the education system for example 
um, who haven't been able to go to polytech or uni to um, get educated and get skills um, in, in sort of trades or um, professions um, are often the first affected when things go wrong. Mm. What can we, city community in general, do about that? Can we encourage uh, people to look differently? I don't know. I think um, one of the things I would like to see, and I think the Polytech's doing a great job at this, by the way. They do micro-credentials, so they give people... They also do capable, so they give people qualifications and the skills they've got so that they're recognised, because a lot of people have done... Um, work that they've gained a lot of skills in, but they're not recognised. And so micro-credentials, I think, is really cool. Um, getting people through capable, they might have been a caregiver and done lots of things, and and um, then they can go along and actually get a qualification maybe in social work or or nursing or, or you know, a lot of other things. Um, their skills will be recognised. I know a lot of old middle-aged or older women who have got so many skills but um, they're not recognized at all so and the other thing is I think um, getting um, because Dunedin's got um, 1.4 billion hospital build coming up um, and it'll take a while for it to ramp up it gives people a chance to get some trade skills and I was just at a meeting the other day and I was saying we really need to get more women into the trades because some of the barriers to building a house, for example, with you don't have to hammer anymore, you've got a nail gun, you know. Um, so, yeah, attracting people to the trades, but also, um, and I was listening to the debate last night, getting people into tech industries, but that takes retraining and upskilling. So... We've got a lot, a lot of work to do. In the meantime, I think there's opportunities um, in the volunteer sector. Um, there's a lot, of, um, there's a lot of skills and interaction to be gained through the volunteer sector. And the other thing is looking at um, some of the government's funding for jobs for nature, uh, funding for biodiversity. Um, so maybe people working together to um, do plantings, um, track pests, things like that. I'd love to see more of that happening around the place. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, aroha nui, kia koutou, ko tahoho. Hope you're all having this day, beautiful superstars, in your beloved universe. It's really hot. Wherever you are, whatever's happening around this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day. Who you are, a triumph of nature's art, perfect. And here, making's better. Thank you. So I've had a very interesting day. And of course, I've been very excited to all about it. As we know, we have been journeying together through this process of lockdown level 4, 3, level 2, level 1, level 2, level 2.5, 3, level 2.5, level 2, level. So it's been very exciting 
And throughout this time, of course, there's been a whole spectrum of emotion that we've moved through, all these ups and downs, pain and grief and suffering and joy and pleasure, all mixed together as we have navigated these new conditions under which we can support each other to stay safe and well amidst this global pandemic. And part of what has really benefited me, of course, over this time, is having these five minutes with you each day. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Sam, the whole Blowing Bubbles team. I'm very grateful. And something that I've been really struck by today, of course, all the stories that surround us. We really are a species of storytellers. And not only do we enjoy telling ourselves stories and telling each other stories, but of course we enjoy listening to stories and finding patterns and meaning in the world around us to turn into stories. And at this time, of course, it's very important that we are selective, and I think we are very good at this as a species, that we can look at all the different options that are presented to us and choose one that works best for us. And I think at this time, particularly when we're thinking about sustainability, we want to choose stories that enable us to give, to give as much as we can, to give the best of ourselves, to share our unique spark of consciousness, how we see the world, how to stand things to be now and how they can be, that we can keep giving and giving this perspective. And that is sustainability for me at this time. And so I think it's very important when we are thinking about all these different stories that surround us to be very selective in terms of which stories are actually going to enable the best aspects of us to come forward. And also not just on a really big picture scale, so all these stories that are surrounding us societally, but also the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves and the stories from our life. And I found out today that something I thought was right was true for the last four and a half years actually wasn't true and figuring that out and getting all of that resolved today has really released me and freed me up and freed up a lot of energy and a lot of happiness and love for myself that was had an obstacle there in terms of the stories that I was telling myself. So I'd really recommend this to you if you can look at all those stories that are there and if there are ones there that are obstacles for you in terms of being the best that you can be just examine them and see if you can see if you can reframe them what see if they're true and if they're not fantastic you don't need to tell yourself them anymore so for all of you i hope you're being surrounded by lots and lots of stories lots and lots of stories that really inspire you lots of stories that resonate with you and affirm who you are the triumph of nature's perfect unique and here making them thank you and i'll look forward to talk tomorrow Kaikite. you're listening to blowing bubbles i'm talking with rachel elder who of course works at orokanui and one of the projects that you're working on is improving the walks around dunedin there's a big gap up at oh, orokanui yeah. Joining that up to the rest of the the track network would be a a very good thing, if you ask me. Well, let's say one of the things I asked young people at one of the um, council meetings was, how did you cope with COVID-19? And they they both, I I didn't hint, I I promise I didn't hint (laughs) or wink at them or talk to them beforehand. They both said biking and walking. 
that really, really help their mental and physical well-being. And um, I've been quite passionate about this for a long time. And over COVID-19, um, you know, I, th I think um, having a having time to think about things, I actually um, started working on getting a group together so that we could actually start being able to fundraise and drive more action on creating walks. And so we've been having conversations. We're, we're looking at setting up a trust. So, and there's some really, really neat walks that um, in the um, city plan said, says that linking tracks and there's wonderful tracks on your side, Sam, there's huge basalt columns and old volcanoes and oh my gosh, it's just fascinating geology wise. And if if I could get a walk up from you guys and along the top with all those basalt columns, the native bush, there's some wee man-made lakes up there and the views are to die for because you can see the whole um, Otago Harbour and then across the other side you can see um, the Warrington and the, uh, the, the inlet, Blueskin Bay, it's just amazing and it's like 15 minutes from town, 20 minutes from town, from your place it'll be about five minutes if I get my way <laughs> to get up there and um, because because what I find is when people are out there, they're just so much happier. Um, and um, the Japanese call it forest bathing. You can go forest bathing. That's what you do. And um, some people do it slowly, but others like to be quite active and go a distance. But it's still that dose of nature, that being close to nature, that's so, so good for people. So we're looking at... Um, making the gradient quite easy because we'll, we think we might go for multi-use tracks because you've, you've got the cycleway coming out your way and people could actually cycle along the bottom and then zigzag up and cycle along the top and get back into town again and have a lovely day. That would be a good day. I, I mean, Dunedin's amazing, really. We're so I lucky. Think, that um, yeah. once, once the cycleway is finished on both sides... That is going to be like so much better. Even the, the the places that are famous for that kind of harbour cycle way, like Vancouver, ours is better. Yeah. Oh, I think so. I I think um, and they both offer quite different um scenery too. They're quite different. Um, but just imagine, you know, I mean, I'm I'm going to come out your way all the time because people can go out and they, you know, there's a Port Jarmers is a great destination. You can have lunch and have a coffee and potter around in the, all the little shops. So one of the things I love about bike, biking and walking, especially biking, I suppose, when it comes to economies, is um, it encourages people to stay at home and enjoy their own place. And, you know, I would go out your way and have a coffee and, and lunch. So that spreads my money to Port Chalmers, you know, and employs people in Port Chalmers. So it's creating a local economy, and it means I don't have to go somewhere else for that experience. It's right here. So it lowers the carbon footprint of travel. We call them staycations. People will have more staycations, but you've got to have that product for people to want to stay. 
But we certainly do have we certainly do have the product, and one of the things that you do on a regular basis is tell us all about the the new tracks. Well, not they're not new tracks; they're mostly old tracks. But you, you seem to have a knack of finding them and and telling us where they are. And and there's I'm sure there's a crowd of people that are, are following around the tracks that you that you go on. Rachel, Rachel, Rachel said this is a good one. Let's go there. <laughs> I last week I went on a lovely trek and I, I, you saw that post. Um, Kerry's Creek. Well, the elevation is it's just like a gentle walk, at slightly uphill all the way. But honestly, it goes through different types of forests. Like you go, you go through gum trees, you go through pine trees, you go through native bush, all by this beautiful stream. But it even has different geography all along the way. In geology, it's it's like Potter's Gorge. It's got that um, sort of cliffs and, and, and some of them have fallen down into the stream. And, oh, it's fascinating. Mm. And, and a- I post those. And the reason I do that is because really and truly, I'm trying to sneakily change people's minds about Dunedin. I'm trying to sneakily make them think they're an outdoors city so that they get out there. <laughs> I read this book, Tipping Point, and I thought, oh my gosh, that's what I have to do. I have to tip people over into going outdoors. Yeah, identifying, so those, identifying those things that's just going to get people to that, that leverage point, and off they go. Yeah. Yeah, well, so, lots of people I post into Eden News, because that's got something like 64,000 followers, and, and lots of people are now doing those walks and I just love it because it's so good for them yeah let's take Ben Harper with my own two hands I can change the world with my own two hands make a better place with my own two hands make a kinder place Oh, with my, oh, with my own two hands With my own, with my own two hands With my own, with my own two hands I can make peace on earth With my own two hands And I can clean up the earth Lord, with my own two hands And I can reach out to you With my own two hands, with my own, with my own. 
seen lots of societal changes over the last few months what do you think is going to stick and what do you hope will stick well it's interesting i i actually wrote them down because you know how you go to a doctor's surgery and forget half your things and i you know interviews are like that too i'm i'm sorry to say it's true so i i I wrote down good things good things (laughs) okay one of the things i'd love to stick is, um, and I've been thinking about it a lot because I help with community resilience, especially in South Dunedin. Um, And one of the things I hope will stick, and I think will stick a wee bit, is people just talking over the fence, being neighbourly, valuing their neighbours, because we still can't fly out of of country and people still aren't really flying anywhere else. Actually, your home is, your neighbourhood is where you really live most of the time. And so I'm really hoping that will happen. And those teddy bears in the windows were really great because they encouraged that. I think one the other thing is um, there was no organised sport. So people actually had to re- recreate locally. And so people got to walking and biking in their neighbourhoods and around the place. And I'm... Um, I'm hoping that will change, and I feel like it is. Um, it was just interesting talking to those young people at a public forum, and, you know, you don't tend to think of young people saying, oh, we go walking and biking, you know. It's not as cool as you could think of, but, yeah, that's what they did, and I think there's a bit of a movement in that direction. Um, so and I'm, a number of positives. Mind you, this won't stick. People clean their houses out. That won't stick. <laughs> as soon as you can get away from cleaning your house, well, for particular people, it won't it won't stick forever. For some people, they always do it anyway. But um, I think learning to live simply was something that I've um, come to consider. I was talking to someone the other day, and they said people aren't buying lunches and coffee as much 
And I think what happened when they were at home, they saved a lot of money. You know, they saved a lot of money because they weren't buying incidentals all the time. And in a way, it's about living simply, I suppose, and not being so consumeristic. Um, I do believe, you know, I, I I love a treat. I love a coffee and a, and a cake and, a, and lunch out. But I do believe people have sort of rethought their consumerism a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's an interesting thing. Um, I think also people have learned to use Zoom. So and learn to work from home. So I think flexible work will be an option now. You know, years only six months ago, if you said, you know, um, one-fifth of your office was working from home, it would be considered terrible. But now that's become an option. It's created the change that people wanted, really. Um, so that's a, that's a, that's a goodie. Um and it will actually lower the carbon footprint of 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 um, people can do conferences like you know we can talk to someone from Fakatani, Auckland, or whatever. So a lot of um, air travel will probably go down a wee bit because um, people will have conferences online. And I, I think over a certain number, and it's no good. And I still think that. Um, one-on-one interaction or that physical um, presence is important because um, communication, human communication is very nuanced, I'm afraid. So, um, but I think we won't have to do it as often for those big things. Um, So that's really cool. Um, And I think also um, people are learning to discover their own locality a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, or their own region, and also New Zealanders will discover New Zealand, and I think that's fantastic. I think and it's going to be a fun summer. I think so. I'm quite looking forward to it. Um, no, I'll be posting more tracks, of course. <laughs> I've got this big map, Sam, of all the tracks um, because um, I've been working on it at the DCC as well. So I got given this big map of all these tracks so I've got I've got many more to show people <laughs> I think one of the things that the whole thing has shown and you, you've talked about that in, in in work and living simply and and creation I think it's shown that change is possible that, that oh, yes. and you know as a country we decided to lock down and we did it and, and not just at the, you know, that's not just a decision of the Prime Minister. The whole country had to say, yep, we can do that. And all over the country, people figured out how to first shut down their, their businesses or their community yeah. organisations and then quite quickly figure out how to get them open again. Do you think it's going to make it easier or harder for city councillors in the future? Because the you know that you can get things done, but also the population knows that you can get things done. So not doing it doesn't become an uh, option anymore. I think COVID-19, um, we became, uh, we, uh, for one, we had a fantastic communicator as a prime minister, amazing communicator, right? Um, I couldn't think of anyone better to lead us in this time. Uh, and two, um, they had a really, really, really good system worked out. 
Um, I talked to my son in London. And so the levels gave us certainty. The levels gave us an understanding of where we, we could be at. And lots of places didn't do that. So the communication and the, the um, system that they use to communicate, like lockdown, level one, two, three, and four, those kind of things meant that we, one, became, and, and the, and the um, news broadcast at one o'clock. I mean, remember the first couple of weeks we were glued to that, <laughs> then we got bored of it. But, um, you know, we were, <laughs> we were glued to the TV at one. I think that was a dynamic that um, really, really helped us through change. It gave us structure for our brains to cope with change and to know where it was going um, quite clearly. Um, so that was brilliant. I think, though, when it comes to change within society that doesn't have to be forced, I think we have to communicate better, actually. And I'm one of these people who believes, even if it's, if it's to my detriment, <laughs> you know, what I feel like it is, um, that we should pre-engage. So, in other words, if we, if we want to do something or if we want to move in a certain direction, then before we have an idea, because as city council, we're very powerful. It's a power relationship. So if I say um, um, my preferred option is to, uh, oh, let's see, put a skate park in Woodhall Gardens, that's my preferred option. If I say that as a city council, then, and put it out there for consultation, I've kind of biased what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm in a powerful position. And the little person who wants to say something feels a bit intimidated. Yeah. So, so that's a power relationship. Especially if there's right? a feeling of the consultation is, we've decided we're putting it there. What colour would you like the seats to be? Exactly, exactly. So the best thing to do, and um, all the... There's, there's a whole lot of stuff being done around participatory democracy. So the best thing to do is go, um, what do you want? What, what ideas have you got for the space? We're looking at changing this space, but don't say what it, what it is. And have an open mind and go to the people and go, what would you like to see there? Um, and quite often there's alignment anyway. Um, and maybe they've got a better idea or maybe their idea and your idea work really well together. Um, so I think we have to be careful as people who, who are perceived to have the power um, to then pre-engage. Pre and what they're doing in South Dunedin in, on the coastal plan, St Kilda, St Clair coastal plan, is they've gone to the community and said, what are your ideas for this? And they didn't say what their ideas were at all. Um, and, you know, um, people have got really good ideas and they want to be heard and listened to and they're really engaged with their area. And I think we're, instead of um, say, this is what we want, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> it's better to say, what are your ideas? And then go on a journey together. So it takes longer, it definitely does, but I think you take people with you then. And sometimes, 
you know, quite oftentimes you have to make a compromise, but you actually get there faster in the end. I, I thought of that um, octagon trial and, and we closed the whole octagon and it, it was an absolute disaster. But if we'd just closed one quadrant, you know, say down by um, um, the Regent Theatre, that quadrant in particular is mostly hospo, it might still be closed now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes we feel like we have to go the whole hog when in fact if we take it little bit by little bit and we go on a journey together, because our brains aren't very good at coping with massive change and sometimes it's just downright doesn't work. But but um, I think that way and, and also those people leading that change, we didn't we didn't even go to them about it. <laughs> Okay, so I have some to me. <laughs> I have some questions to end the show and we have to be very quick. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Oh, what would it be? Well, I'm really proud that South Dunedin's getting a community library and hub. I'm really, really proud of that. Um, I'm also proud of I've I've helped um, a couple of businesses start up, Cafe Logic, who lives out your way, making that lovely coffee machine, um, and also Ocho, which is still really a startup. They're both startups, and we've got to give them a chance. But those have been things that I suppose I've, I've had time. What I see myself as is a servant of Dunedin, and so... When I've got time, I just use it to um, facilitate things. So I've I've worked with Petri Dish, Petri Dish down the road because they're my local kind of um, shared space area. I can't do everything. I realise that now. I try to, but I can't. <laughs> and so I support Petri Dish and 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 it uh, enabled them to get some funding from the Provincial Growth Fund to help them with their makers space. So it's, it's quite often it's about um, putting the right people together. So I go, oh, this person and this person need to meet to enable this amazing thing to happen. And I'll, I'll see that and I'll put, put them together and then I'll see something happen. And I love doing that. Um, so those are some of the things that I've done that I'm very Is that your superpower? I think it, it, it probably is. I see things and I pull people together who I think would work together well and enable something to happen. So it's a bit of a superpower. Um, and I love doing it. Um, so just recently I heard there was some stuff available and I said, oh, some trees and some planters available. And I said, oh, Lawn Street needs some of those. So I talked to two people and then I'm probably next week going to talk to someone else to make it to make it happen because I'm an action person really I'm not I'm not a bureaucrat so oh, no, you're, not a bureaucrat. you're an action what, person do you consider yourself to be an activist um both actually an activist I'll, I'll advocate I'll, I'll advocate or even lay my neck on the line for other people before I do it for myself I'm an advocate, definitely, and an activist. Um, you know, um, so, and I, I love that um, I am woman. I think um, 
one of the things that we learned over COVID-19 is that women are actually very good at leading in a situation where social well, social and physical well-being is concerned. I think we're really good at it. Um, Angela Merkel, um, the lady from Taiwan, um, a number of women leaders really stood out in the COVID-19 situation. Um, so, yeah, yeah, no, I think... And I think probably, yeah, putting putting people together, facilitating and making things happen is something that I enjoy doing. Um, yeah. Okay, um, and lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? For our listeners? Well, I think sometimes it's the simple things in life, if we look at them, that can give us the most joy. Um, you know, I, I look at things and just... We talk about bubble visions, and I, and, I, and I think about bubbles and how beautiful they are. And so the ability and the importance of looking for beautiful things um, in the ordinary is, is, is really important. And in a way, you can do that anywhere. You don't have to be in the bush. You don't have to be by the seaside. It could be just a bubble, it could be a petal, it could be a flower, it could be a child's smile. Um, and I think um, during COVID-19, it's quite easily to be overwhelmed by the big um, and overwhelmed by your lack of power. Um, but in fact, um, looking for the beautiful and the small things makes you realise there's some beautiful things out there and that it's not all bad. Um, yeah, I think that's what holds me. I, I, I must say that one of the, the um, things I enjoy both, most about having a mobile phone, which I never thought of before I had one, was that they've got a camera and I think it's helped me. I go around trying to capture those magic moments and... If you've got a mobile mobile phone, I think if you go around and make a make a um, choice to go and try and capture some little magic somewhere, it it will actually fill you with little joys and little pleasures, which and simple pleasures that are for free and um, they're in your home, they're around you, they're everywhere. I just I'm just looking at I have an open fire and I'm just looking at the embers and I. They are wonderful things, you know. They 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 glow and they move and they're fascinating. And and I think um, sometimes we feel like we need big things to make us happy. When in fact, um, if we look for and treasure the little things, then that's really cool. And the other thing is um, the ability to um, talk to your to your friends or your family on messenger every day has been you know a wonderful thing for us as a family and I really encourage people to do that because being connected is so important so that was two things not one of cheating thank you very <laughs> much for that we'll go out to Bruce Coburn with Lord of the Starfields yes uh, and that's a song kind of about the spirituality of creation and how it fuels you so 
Lord of the Starfields, Ancient of Days, Universe Maker. Here's a song in your praise. Wings of the storm cloud. Beginning and end. You make my heart leap. Like a banner in the listening to Blowing Bubbles, Positive Conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Samuel Madden, Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, with Rachel Elder in central Dunedin. We hope you enjoyed the show. Heaven and earth are full of your light. Voice of the Nova, smile of the This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.